0: You never know what's going to happen out here. It's always fun. But I got to say, in all the years we've been doing this, this has got to be like some of the best weather we've had. I know some of you are a little chilly, but the sun's not beating on your head, you know, or reflecting off mine so that you can't see. and it 's all good. the reason we 're out here by the way, in, in the worship folder that you were just singing these songs with on the back of that is uh, the verses that we 're going to look at today, so that you have uh, those for your reference and the reason in case you don 't know, she mentioned camp journey um, we every year we do uh, camp journey, we kindergarten through sixth grade, and we can have you know hundreds of people. I always get static when I talk you know. <laughs> We have, uh, okay, we, um, that starts tonight, um, kindergarten through sixth grade, there's a, the dinner starts at 5.30 for them, and then 6 to 8 is Camp Journey, and uh, if you're saying, yes, we're registered, our kids are registered, everything's good to go, and you're excited, that's great. If you're saying, oh, I forgot to register, be here anyhow. They have registration here as well, so don't don't you don't want to miss that. Your kids won't want to miss that. It's always just a great thing. Tons of volunteers. We have more volunteers working for Camp Journey this week than the average-sized church in America. Isn't that exciting? That's very cool. So today, I understand. By the way, I have to congratulate you. So congratulations. I have to congratulate you because also in all the years we've been here, this is the best everybody's done at sitting close. <laughs> Normally I'm here and there's like this huge field between me <laughs> and the first few people. And it's nice having you closer. That's a very good thing. Um, so anyhow, I know that it's, it's not super easy uh, to listen when you're out here. For me, it's not. Uh, just because it's like, oh look, there's a bird, you know, and and it's, and it's there's so many things going on, and that's kind of how it works for me. Um, so I understand that. So uh, I want to talk about something today that's just absolutely so hugely important that you can't even imagine how important this is in your life. Um, I, I can't show a video clip. I mean, I could, but you wouldn't see it very well because it's kind of small here. So le- let me just quote it for you. Um, I'm actually going to use two quotes from Star Wars today, both the same person but talking to different people. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi um, is talking in the Clone Wars to Anakin Skywalker, who, you know, becomes Darth Vader. And I, I'm, I don't care if I spoil it. If you haven't seen it, it's too late. He's talking to to Anakin in the Clone Wars, who who there is this amazing chase scene, and Anakin loses his lightsaber again, and Obi-Wan says, next time, try not to lose it. This weapon is your life. And I thought about that a lot as I was getting ready for this, because it's interesting in in the episode, A New Hope, Obi-Wan is talking now to Luke who is Anakin's son, who he doesn't know that yet, but he's talking to him. And he says, this is the weapon of a Jedi Knight. Not as clumsy or random as a blaster, and ele- an elegant weapon for a more civilization. They talk a lot about that in Star Wars. And you might think, oh, so what we're talking about today is lightsabers. No. What we're talking about today is a sword of the spirit. No. We're talking about a weapon that, for me, when, when Obi-Wan says, this weapon is your life. That's what this is. You see, the sword of the Spirit is, is the Word of God. So extremely important. But this isn't my life. It shows me life, helps me find life. I, I, I've been in it every day for the last 45 years, and it's extremely important. But it's not my life. It shows me life. It helps me find life. But what we're going to talk about today is life. The weapon we're going to talk about today, this weapon is life. And on your outline, here's kind of the big thought for you to have in your head today as we walk through this. Because the war, the war we're talking about, the spiritual war it's going on in a background that you can't always see, because the war is a spiritual one, our weapons are spiritual in nature. Real victory in our lives always comes through prayer. Always prayer is huge. A few a few weeks ago, we talked about the, the six pieces of, remember, the armor of God in Ephesians 6, and, and we didn't spend a ton of time on what I said was a very vital verse because I wanted to spend just a few minutes talking about it today, just separately. Um, the end of that passage of the armor of God in Ephesians 6 says this, pray, pray. This is right after he says, you know, the sword of the Spirit, the shield of faith, you know, the helmet of salvation. After he says all that, this is actually part of that paragraph. It's not a new thought. After all of those pieces of armor that you put on, pray. He says, pray in the Spirit. Pray at all times, on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Paul even then gets kind of personal with it, because in the, in the very next two verses, he, he sort of explains that the freedom that he has to speak the good news boldly, which he calls it freedom, even though he was in prison often, but he, the freedom that he has to speak that, that freedom is found in response to prayer. In Ephesians 6, the next two verses, 19 and 20, he says, and pray for me also, pray for me too, ask God to give me the right words. So when I was reading these two verses, I just want to tell you, when I was reading these two verses this morning as I was going over this and praying through this, um, those are, these are the two things that I, I would like to say this to you as a family, as the journey in our family. This is what I would ask of you like Paul asked of them. Pray for me too. Pray for me. Every time you see something that reminds you of me, pray for me. When you think about journeying our church, pray for me. Ask God to give me the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. It's for everybody. And in verse 20, I'm in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador, so pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. That's what I want you to pray for me. That he would give me the words and that I would keep doing it boldly no matter what happens, no matter what opposition there is, no matter what spiritual warfare is going on. Pray that that would happen. That was Paul's prayer. And all of that would only happen because of prayer. We talked a lot about how the war we're involved in isn't a war of the flesh. It's so easy to think when something happens, oh, that so-and-so, you know. And, and when some people say, yeah, prayer is a weapon, what I want to do is pray, smite them, Lord. Lord. That's not the kind of weapon we're talking about. What we're talking about is weapons that aren't physical because the war isn't of the flesh. The war is a spiritual war. Remember we said, it said we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That means if it's flesh and blood, it's not the enemy. So in the middle of your conflict, will there be people involved? Yes. Are they the enemy? No. The enemy is working behind the scenes. There's the, it's, a, it's a spiritual war, so there's spiritual weapons, and the real victory is always found in prayer. So yes, we put on those pieces of armor every single day, but we be sure to pray. He says, at all times, on every occasion, keep on praying for all believers everywhere. He says it in so many ways for us to get it. So very briefly, let me tell you, here's why prayer matters. God has chosen prayer as the means of communication between us and him. He could have done it a bunch of different ways. That's the way he chose. He wants us to be in continual and persistent communication with him at all times, about all things. That's what prayer is about. It's not just, now I lay me down to sleep, or thank you for the food, you know, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, or whatever, you know. All prayer is important, but what God wants is our communication with him continuously. God has ordained that certain things only happen as a result of prayer. Heaven responds to our prayers in certain ways. I heard one, one person said, Grady Higgs said, Nothing heavenly happens on earth without prayer. Nothing Prayer is so important. So if it's that important, if it's that big a thing for us to be doing all the time, why do we struggle with this? Because I have a feeling I'm not the only one who struggles with this. I'm not the the only one who says, yeah, I wish I could pray more. I wish my prayer life was better or whatever. I believe at least in part, it's because prayer seems kind of like doing nothing. It can seem that way. It seems weak, you know? And we think, why can't we take up some real weapons and fight? And the reason is because prayer is the weapon of God's choice. In 1 Corinthians one twenty-seven, it says this, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those that are powerful. That's what God chose. He could have done the big flashy thing. He didn't. He chose the things that the world considers foolish. It's, it's comprehensive. It's total. That's what prayer is. One pastor said... Prayer, consider prayer your wartime walkie-talkie. When you're going through stuff, that's what you should be doing is communicating continuously. Prayer is God's chosen pathway to breakthrough in our lives. So if you need a breakthrough in your life, there's a way that God chose for that to happen. And you can try your own way, and it won't work. The way is prayer. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to share a couple examples from the Bible, Maybe a personal example or two. Um, I think one of the clearest examples of this in the entire Bible is found in Daniel. Daniel's experience in prayer. It actually, th- these verses spawned a whole series of books um, uh, a number of years ago about spiritual warfare. But in Daniel 10, let me set the stage for you. Earlier in this chapter, Daniel saw this vision that, like, scared him to death. It was something that he wasn't sure what it was about, but it was bad. There was going to be horrible things happening, and, and he knew that this was not good. He didn't know what or when it was going to happen, and he started praying. He started praying for all he was worth. He was fasting. He was praying. He was, he was on his face before God. He did that for three weeks. He didn't know what this vision was about. He didn't know what God was going to do, but he knew what it did to him and he needed to pray. So here's what happens. We pick it up in verse 10 and uh, somebody comes to Daniel and starts talking to him. We believe it's the angel Gabriel. We believe that because earlier in the book of Daniel, Daniel's talking to an angel and he kind of overhears in the background these other angels talking and dropping names and one of them is Gabriel. And so Gabriel had already come to Daniel and talked, so that's who we think this is about. But he comes to Daniel now and he's going to explain what's happening, but here's the setting. He says, Daniel, don't be afraid. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding... Since that first day when you saw that vision that scared the bejeebers out of you, and you didn't know what was gonna happen when you started praying for understanding and you humbled yourself before your God, he said, Your request has been heard in heaven, and I have come in answer to your prayer. Now it's interesting how how much time has elapsed? Three weeks. Three weeks of being scared, being on your face before God. Here's what the angel, Gabriel, continues to say. But, heaven heard your prayer, and I've come in answer to your prayer. But, for 21 days, that's the entire time that Daniel had been praying. For 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. This is, the Bible says, Prince of Persia. It's not talking about a physical person. It's not talking about the guy who happened to be ruling Persia that time. It's not talking about a video game, Prince of Persia. (laughs) I think there's even a movie out about that. It's talking about things behind the scenes that you can't see. This is the spirit prince of Persia. This is a territorial thing. There was a, a, a spiritual person in charge of Persia. And he said, 21 days, the spirit prince of Persia blocked my way. Has to be a pretty powerful bad guy if he's blocking Gabriel's way. And Gabriel says, then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. So you understand, this is all in response to Daniel praying. That's why this happened. Did Daniel know any of this was going on? No. He just knew he was supposed to be praying. Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. It's like, okay, you handle him. i got to go. Daniel's waiting. And all this is happening because of Daniel's prayer. And he says, now I'm here to explain what will happen to your people in the future for this vision concerns a time yet to come. And he goes on to explain what it was about. But the, the, the behind-the-scenes that, that thing that Daniel never saw was he just knew he needed to be praying because there was a battle going on. He couldn't see the battle. He didn't know what the battle was, but there was a battle going on. You know what you need to understand? There's a battle going on in your life. You may or may not see it. It may or may not be the thing you think it is, but there's a battle going on. And if you want freedom from that, if you want to to be victorious in that battle, there is one way, and that's praying. We also see a great example of this with the disciples. They're trying to serve Jesus. They're trying to do what Jesus asked them to do. And in Mark 9, it says, One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, talking to Jesus, I brought my son so that you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and become rigid. It wasn't a physical issue. It was a spiritual issue that was coming out in the physical world. And this guy says, so I ask your disciples to cast out the evil spirit. But they couldn't do it. So, afterward, Jesus takes care of the situation. And afterwards, when Jesus was alone in the house with the disciples, they asked him, Why couldn't we do that? Why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And Jesus replied, This kind can be cast out only by prayer. Jesus knew what it was to have a prayer life with God all the time. The disciples had not yet learned that, they had not yet come to that point yet. They did over the course of time. One more short example. Um, Peter, the Apostle Peter, um, James, not the brother of Jesus, but the brother of John, James and John. Um, James was killed. And when James was killed uh, by Herod, killed by the sword, um, Herod sees that it pleased all these religious leaders. It's like, yeah, get rid of that guy. So he wants, he wants to be in everybody's good graces. So he said, I'm going to take in Peter, too. So it says in verse 4 of Acts 12, So he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. So those with good math skills, there are 16 guards guarding Peter, chained to them. Herod, it says, intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover, which meant he intended to kill Peter. God still had plans for Peter. But there was something going on in the background. And the interesting thing you have to remember was Herod the enemy here. No. The enemy was behind the scenes using Herod. Were the guards the enemy here? No. It'd be easy to think that because you're chained to them in prison, awaiting trial and then execution. But they were not the enemy. It says in verse 5, But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. And it didn't just mean that they said, Okay, pray for Peter. Now what's for lunch? They prayed and prayed and prayed. And in response to that prayer, nobody did anything except pray because there wasn't anything to do except pray. God released Peter from prison, shook the things, the shackles fell off, got out, they escaped, got out of town because God was not done with Peter yet. There was no human hands taking care of that. God did that for one reason, because they were praying. There was a battle going on that they couldn't see, and they were praying. So when you're stuck, when you're in captivity, when you're oppressed, when, when you're at a spiritual standstill, when you're not seeing answers or movement, what do you do? Pray. Keep on praying. Too many people think of prayer as the last resort. I hear it all the time. Well, there's nothing left to do. Might as well pray like, maybe you should have done that first, <laughs> and you wouldn't be where you're at right now. It should be our first choice, not our last resort. Imagine if Daniel would have been all bummed out for three weeks and not prayed. He'd still be waiting for an answer. I'd like to share just a couple personal experiences with you, and I want to be careful because your mileage may vary. Um, But I don't want you to think that these incredible mountaintop prayer experiences are the most important thing because for every time God has done something amazing that that was extraordinary in my life, he's done 10,000 things that were not considered by me at the moment extraordinary. But when I look back on them over the years, I just think, wow, what God has done in response to prayer. I was a youth pastor in a church downtown Minneapolis, and I had an old Nissan pickup truck. It was a piece of junk. Okay. It actually started as a piece of junk, and then I fixed it up, and this was long enough after that that it was a piece of junk again. Um, and the starter was going bad, and I had no money, could not afford to replace the starter, but it was a five-speed. And so on those occasions when the starter didn't work, you push start. You get going, you push the clutch in, you know, put it in gear, dump the clutch out, the car starts, and you're good to go. Um, it's a shame that there's a whole generation of people who don't you know, have any idea what I'm talking about right now <laughs> anyhow I got a call and I, and I don't remember the situation exactly I remember that there was some kind of a, an emergency visit that I needed to do there was someone that I needed to contact for something in person and I was the only one at the church I had to, I had to leave I had to go take care of that and, I, and as, I, as I hung up the phone getting ready to go out in my car it's like oh please Lord let this car start this time I, you, I'm doing your work, God. I need this car to start, so I get out, jump in the car. Nothing. So I thought, well, I have one choice. I got to be there. This was downtown Minneapolis. The church is right next the building, still going, but different different group has it now. Right next door to what was Hennepin County Medical Center, and there was an alley. <laughs> There was an al- power. <laughs> there was an alley between the two buildings, and I would say probably from here to maybe that tent, there there was a, an entrance that went uh, a side entrance into the um, the hospital. So I get out, and there's usually cars in this alleyway, but there's none because there's construction going on. And so I get out in my car and I look. There's no cars anywhere. It's like, well, I can back out, and not worry about hitting cars. I'm going to back push it, you know, back out, as in push it backwards. I push it backwards, and I'm getting ready to to brace myself on a door to push forward now so that I can jumpstart it. And as I go to do that, something catches my sight here behind me. There was two guys. They're about this tall, about this wide, and they have construction stuff on. You need to push? It's like, Yeah! You know, So I jump in the vehicle. They start pushing, and it. it's like, I'm not going to keep up. I jumped in the vehicle, and now we're going away from that. Remember, that's how far it is from their entrance. We're going away from that now, and I'm looking in the mirror, and they're smiling and pushing me, and, and I'm going. I had to put it in a different gear because I was going so fast. <laughs> and bump started it, and the second it started, everything was good. I put the clutch in, and I turned around. I had a little slider window. I turned around to say something. There was nobody there. Now, in in the three seconds it took me to put my clutch in, slow down, turn around, and look, they could not have gone that far. I have no idea what happened. What I believe happened is God answered my prayer because something needed to take place. I needed to make that appointment. I needed to talk to that person. And I don't know for sure, but I just have this feeling that one day I'm going to have two big blonde guys walk up to me someday and remember in the, in the, in the, between those two buildings, that was us. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. There've, for every one of those, there have been 10,000 little things. I was in college, new Christian in college. I was like 20 years old. I'm in college. I'm on the top bunk. in in, in my dorm, and 2 o'clock in the morning, like exactly 2 o'clock in the morning, I am sitting bolt upright thinking about my 80-year-old grandma. Not very many college kids wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning thinking about their grandma. And it's like, well, that's weird. So I prayed for her. My grandma was the most godly person I've ever met. She was a prayer warrior. She had served God her whole life, but what she was doing now was actually far more beneficial than everything she'd, anything she'd ever done. She prayed constantly. She prayed for me constantly. She prayed for the family constantly. In fact, we used to say, if you want something to happen, ask grandma. If you don't want it to happen, don't tell her because she'll pray for it and it's going to happen. You're in trouble. I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning thinking about my grandma and started praying for her. That began something in my life that has lasted for for the last 40 years. But I prayed for her, had no idea why, laid back down, just thinking, well, that was really weird, went back to sleep. Next morning, got a call from my mom. I was 400 miles away at college. Got a call from my mom. I had to go take the call because they didn't have cell phones back then, you know, regular phones. So I finally get there, I talk, and my mom says, I just wanted to let you know that... that, um, Last night something happened, and and we were concerned, but it, it's kind of okay now. Um, and, and but I just wanted to let you know because you'll probably hear about it. Um, she said uh, something happened to your grandma last night. It's like okay, in the back of my head I'm hearing do 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 do. And she said she had. We don't know if it was a heart attack or a stroke or what it was, but she went and and as of this morning she's okay now. And I said, did that happen at? at and I didn't say 2 o'clock because I was in Pennsylvania and they were in Ohio. In my head, I made the calculation, the jump to light speed, and I went to a different time zone. And I asked if that's when it happened. And she said, well, yeah, how'd you know that? I don't think I ever did tell her because I I was choked up and I couldn't even talk. But I knew at that moment that God does things that I don't always understand behind the scenes. Did, Did he need me to pray for her? Yeah, he did. Because God's chosen method of accomplishing things is prayer. There have been so many times in the last 40 years since that day that God has woken me up, God has reminded me of things during the night, during the morning, and, and, and had me pray. I can't tell you how many of you guys' names have come to my mind. Or if I can't think of your name, God knows I'm really bad with names. He'll show me your picture in my head. <laughs> and, and I'll just know I'm supposed to be praying for you. And I don't know what's going on. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's behind the scenes. But that happens all the time. And you say, well, I'd like to pray more, but, you know, I don't, it's just, you know, do I do that at a certain time? And the idea here is no. It's just ongoing. One of the things that has been thrilling my heart in the last few months is when I get up in the morning, if I get up a couple hours too early, I'm not supposed to be up yet. And I wake up and it's like, used to be, this kind of confession time, used to be, it's like, oh man, I didn't want to be up yet. No. Now, I just, I just this happens subtly and I started noticing in the last, you know, six, eight months. The first thought that comes to my head, the first words in my head are, Father. And I instantly start praying. Father, I don't know why I'm up right now. You and I both know I don't want to be but there's a reason. And I instantly start doing that. I'll be, I'll be doing something and it'll stop or, or, or something will happen and the thing I'm supposed to be doing, I'm not. The first thought that comes to my head is, Father, I got a few seconds here. Let's talk. Because there might be something that I need to be praying about. You see, this is not something you just tack on to your life. This weapon is your life. All the time. You should be in communication with your Heavenly Father 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. You don't have to close your eyes. I pray while I'm driving all the time. Closing your eyes is bad. You don't have to bow your head, close your eyes, fold your hands when you're driving. It's perfectly okay to just pray. When you're alone, pray out loud to Him. I don't want to be the only one in Pine City who everybody thinks is crazy because every time they see me in my car, I'm talking out loud. And there ain't nobody else in the car, you know all the time because this weapon is your life the verse we looked at said pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion stay alert be persistent in your prayers you see i pray because of faith i have faith in god and it's not just because i've seen him do so much over the years even if he never did anything else i have faith in him and i will keep praying but you know what Praying for me is just as much having my faith increased because of prayer. When I don't have the faith, when I don't feel it or experience it, I know that when I pray, I will have my faith increased. The shield of faith we talked about in the armor. I heard something recently. I don't remember what it was, a TV show, I think, or something. They were talking about a Roman shield. We talked about the shield of faith. They were talking about this big Roman shield. And they had a saying when they went out to battle with their shield. It was, come home with your shield or on it. That was what they said. It means don't come back without giving everything you have. Come home in victory with your shield or just come home dead on it. But don't lose your shield is what they were saying. That's kind of what it's been for me. That's what I want it to be for you to have the faith that's strong, that there are times when I come home on my shield, but what better thing to rest on than faith when there's nothing else? So I will say in the words of Obi-Wan, next time try not to lose it. This weapon is your life. That's what prayer is. So what I want to do is I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for you today over various needs in this family, and I'm sure I'm not going to touch on every one, but what I'd like you to do is to, you don't doesn't make it more spiritual. It just makes you less distracted. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Because if I mention that, I want you to understand that the God of heaven is hearing that. And if I don't mention yours, rest assured that God has spoken to someone in this family and they are praying for you and your thing right now. So God, we come to you like Daniel did. We come to you like Jesus did so often coming to you in prayer. And we pray for those who need salvation. I know there's people here who they're hearing this about prayer and the power of prayer and what you want to do. They don't have that relationship with you. And they need to know that when they believe what you said about Jesus was true, they believe he came and died for them and they receive him as their Lord and Savior. They become a child of the King. And they have direct access to you in prayer. So I pray for those who need salvation. We pray for those who need physical healing. We know that that that's not our choice. That's your choice. We know that you can do that at any time. We know you don't always and we don't understand that. But we pray for that, Father, because you've told us to. We pray for those who are struggling in, in a relationship. They're in this relationship, and it's causing sometimes more harm and problems than good, and we pray for those in those struggling relationships. We pray for those who are burdened by guilt and shame. We pray for those who are are struggling with with addictions, with hurts and habits and hang-ups. We pray for those who don't know what to do next. They're at that crossroads. And we pray for those who might be in a, in a very stressful place financially. We bring them before you, Father, and lay them at your feet. We pray for parents who are struggling with their kids. We pray for kids who are struggling with their parents. We pray for husbands and wives struggling with their spouse. We know that you want that relationship to be good, and we bring them to you. And we ask, Father, that in these and all of the other situations in this family, that the bondage will be broken, the captivity will be broken, there will be freedom. We pray for the provision, for the healing, for the softening of the heart, for direction, for forgiveness. We bring all these things to you, Father, knowing that you've asked us to pray. And not only is it just a privilege to be able to bring our stuff to you, but we get to talk to you. And that improves our relationship with you. And sometimes the thing that prayer changes the most for us, Father, is us. And so I pray, Father, that we would at all times, on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in our prayers. We love you. And it's in your Son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand for the closing song.